Picture this. You've been working at a startup for six months, and despite your lack of confidence, you have become proficient in your position. You work hard, are highly competent, careful, and detail-oriented. You easily admit when you're wrong, though rare, and you accurately fix your mistakes to produce the best for the company. Jane has been working at the startup for only two months. She still doesn't know exactly how certain procedures go, and you often find mistakes in her work. But Jane always acts so confident and bold. It's like she doesn't even consider, like you do, that she may need corrections when submitting work. Now, there's a promotion available at the startup, and it offers a much higher salary. You think you'll get it, you've been there the longest anyways, and though you aren't always sure about your work, your bosses seem to think of you as highly competent. But you don't get it. Jane does. How? Your work is way more accurate than hers. Sure, maybe she's more outgoing, but doesn't competence trump confidence? Not when fortune favors the foolish. Welcome to Lucky, a podcast that explores our experiences of success, gratitude, and luck. So I look to sports players to explore this idea of fortune favoring fools, not because they're fools, but because I think confidence is a key component to being good at your game, maybe sometimes even more so than your specific skills. Nicole Galliak has been playing soccer for the last 15 years. She was a captain in high school, played for the New England Football Club, or NEFC, and is currently a captain of the UMass Women's Club soccer team. Nicole is deeply familiar with the balance of technical skill and team spirit. Not that I like kiss asses, but like being kiss asses, like it shows, it shows that you give a fuck. And that's, it's one of the most important things. Like you can be hella good. You can be hella fucking good. But if you don't care and you don't show uh, teamwork, if you don't show teamwork and, and like cohesiveness, then why do we want you on your team? It's a team sport, not an individual sport. Go play tennis if you want. So obviously you need to have some advanced physical talent to be a good player, but Nicole doesn't discredit those whose passion and drive for the sport compensates for maybe their lack of ability. So there was this defender who, um, she was like a sizable girl. Like it wasn't like she couldn't handle herself, but she was a strong girl, but wasn't, wasn't good technically. Like really fast, she did track, but wasn't their foot skills. And obviously a defender is one before me, before the goal. So what she lacked in technicality she made up for in driving speed and she would just she would just like mess them up so if people would be like breaking away or the ball was coming she would just I I remember screaming I'd be like wheels Morgan wheels like she's just fucking she would go off and just end up hitting the ball out like I don't give a fuck just get it out just get it out hit it off them I don't care just mess them up mess them up and like she did it perfectly every time and like she didn't need to be Cristiano Ronaldo for that you know you just have to get into them, contain them, hit, poke the ball out when you see, you know? You need confidence and drive to get that ball out of bounds, especially if you don't have the technical skill to play it around your opponent just out of the goal box and down the field. But even outside the game, attitude is key. You need confidence to maintain team morale, to infuse passion into your teammates before getting on the field. Like I said, I like to bring the energy and everyone's going to get hyped with me. I'm not really a headphone girl unless it's on the bus and everyone's doing it you know but like we're gonna get hype you put on dope music just like shit that makes you feel like a badass using Megan the Sally you know the vibes but um and I'll just kind of yell and scream and in high school we used to chant like there's these um 
these people called the Tomahawks. And we'd have this chant that was like, the Tomahawks can suck my cock. I said, the Tomahawks. So it's just like, you just scream that in the locker room, we smack on the lockers, and we just get hype as fuck. The classic team hype up. Like releasing a battle cry before war, often used to invoke patriotism, allegiance, and the intense will necessary to win. This is such a pure example of the fervent display of confidence, of which requires no skill, but nonetheless intimidates opponents and even leads to your team playing better. Okay, confidence is important, but of course we would prefer to have some competence thrown in there too. What I think we can learn from this is that competence is nothing without confidence, but confidence can still maybe be something without much competence. I asked Nicole if she had to choose between two players making her team, one that is enthusiastic and upbeat, always cheering people on and encouraging players, but only okay at playing, versus a girl who completely lacks team spirit, but is much better at playing. Who makes the team? Nicole said it was a hard choice, but the more competent. Now, this is a sport after all. The true goal is to win, not to be buddy-buddy with everyone. Do I think that if put to the test in an observational study, we would get the same answer? I can't say, but I'd like to bring up a real study done by a few researchers titled Fortune Favors Fools, How Confidence Can Compensate for Competence in Learning. It should be noted that this entire study is conducted with regards to entrepreneurial environments. Their findings suggest that a less competent, less accurate, but more confident entrepreneur may outperform a highly competent entrepreneur lacking confidence. I'd like to read a passage from the discussion section of this paper, as if you haven't heard me say these two words enough. It seems intuitive that confidence and competence should go hand in hand. Competence, accuracy, should have limited value without confidence, just as confidence should have limited value without competence. It is tempting to conclude that the challenge is to align competence with confidence, high confidence in accurate beliefs and low confidence in inaccurate beliefs. Our model supports this intuition, but not unambiguously. We identify two conditions where this intuition falls short. So the researchers found that, yeah, both are important, both support each other. This intuition is correct, except for these two situations. The researchers first found that if an entrepreneurship has limited resources and to increase competence and confidence is costly, efforts to increase competence may actually become misplaced. In other words, accuracy will not be efficiently focused on if they can't afford to also focus on increasing confidence. Secondly, this intuition also falls short when competence is low because of things such as employee turnover or workplace turbulence, etc., you would think the firm would put efforts to rebuild their reduced competence, but they found that in some cases, an increase in confidence actually completely compensates for the drop in competence. So actually, when competence decreases, confidence should increase. Does that mean the dumber the more self-assured? In some cases, absolutely. Does it work? In some cases, absolutely. Now, of course, there is such a thing as being too big for your britches. Nicole even talked about a player she knew who was so driven and passionate, though unskilled, that after injuring her ACL from going full force to get a ball, she continued wanting to practice. She ended up completely tearing the ligament. I mean, when you, when you partially tear your ACL, like, you're probably going to end up tearing it all. But we told her, like, we tried to tell her, like, you, you want to let that heal. And she didn't listen. And 
and because of her passion and, and, and tenacity, she ended up hurting herself and now she's out for longer, you know? So it's like, I love it and it's great, but you have to know where, again, the balance, you have to know where that is. Now, how am I connecting all of this to luck? Isn't that the whole point of this podcast, talking about chance happening outside of your control? Yeah, it is. But I think the point to be made is that often when we feel something is lucky, random coincidence or fortune, it can actually maybe be attributed to something. Sure, you still have those moments when you think they're about to shoot left and they shoot right, but lucky for you, the ball hits the crossbar instead of the back of your net. There is no way you could have controlled that. That's lucky. But perhaps it was their lack of competence and abundance of confidence that gave you that lucky break. Or maybe it was your abundance of confidence that scared away their competence in that moment. Maybe they heard your battle cry and snapped under the pressure. We know that confidence is our friend and that a balance is preferred. You have to have that balance. Like I think you just you have to be able to have that balance. And if you don't have that balance, you have to find it. But what about when fortune favors the prepared? So there's like little instances where like, oh, thank God that was so lucky or the post saved me, I'm so lucky or my defender was there, I'm so lucky. Like, you know, there's like little things like that. So I would say like, honestly, like 80-20, maybe even like 75-25. But like a lot of it is how I approach and my my skills on and knowing my angles and knowing how to stay on my feet and not to give up, you know, like shit like that. So like there's luck for sure, but like, It's not my whole game. Mark Twain might have said that all you need in this life is ignorance and confidence. Then success is sure. But Gustav Flaubert said, by working, one can bend fortune. She is fond of crafty men. Join me next time when we explore the completely opposite side of this conversation with a new guest. A big thank you for listening and to Nicole Galiak for sharing her knowledge and experiences. Good luck. 